Hey, what is up, guys? Welcome to Go Get It Podcast, episode nine. And today I have Javion on here, aka Arm King from Instagram, dude. And uh, I just want to say thank you for hopping on here, man. And uh, I'm excited for the conversation that we're going to have. A lot of good information is going to be spilled out through here. So why don't you go ahead and kind of uh, give yourself a little intro. All right, so my name is Javion Seymour. I'm a 22-year-old college kid who basically just graduated back in May with the whole coronavirus. Mm -hmm. Uh, I started bodybuilding when I was 18, 19 years old, freshman year of college. And don't ask me how I did it, but I pretty much was able to do bodybuilding consistently throughout all four years of college. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sorry, was was that like a – because I feel like a lot of people think it's like a challenge. Like, how did you overcome? Because, you know, obviously, like, nightlife and going out and stuff like that. Like, were, how were you able to stay so focused throughout, you think? Well, for one, I wasn't the typical college kid. I didn't I didn't go out. I didn't party a lot. Uh, I was so invested in bodybuilding that, okay, if I want to be successful in it, I have to be – I have to put my all into it. So, therefore, I can't – I tried to refrain from doing things that wouldn't benefit me. You know what I mean? So in order to pay for these shows, I got to work. I was working three jobs at one point while still going to class. Man. And uh, training, I mean, obviously. And training for you takes about two, three hours sometimes, I'm assuming. Uh, sometimes. I mean, really and truly, when it comes to training, I try to get in and get out as fast as I can. Gotcha. Uh, the one, if I'm in there longer, I'm, I'm doing stuff I probably shouldn't be doing. Yeah. Yeah, I got just extra stuff like. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, other than that, uh, I was able to compete all four years of college, um, still going to class, still working. Um, I mean, it's kind of simple when you really try to eliminate certain things that are not going to benefit you. Um, See, a lot of my friends, they would invite me to go out, of course. I mean, you know how it is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, I just wasn't like that. You know what I mean? It gave me a discipline to stay focused on what I was trying to achieve mm-hmm. or what I'm going to achieve. And that was it, really. You know? That's that's honestly, like, crazy, man, because a lot of people are just like, dude, I can't, I can't like, focus on working out while I'm in college. Like, I can't stay focused on that because I'm going out, like, a few times a week or whatever. Well, I mean, like, it's simple. Just, just stop going out so much or stop going yeah. out, at, like, in general. You know what I mean? And just focus on those goals specifically. Um, exactly. Because, like, even one night going out, um, I don't know the like the exact science behind this. Maybe you could go a little bit more in depth, but I believe one night going out and drinking heavy, um, that can also affect like the results like long term. I'm pretty sure even just throughout the week, it can affect the results. I, I feel like it could. Mm-hmm. I feel like it could, but half the time when you know, half the time when I was getting ready for stuff or whatever, like when I was when I would be on prep and my friends would ask me out, uh, I still had schoolwork to do. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Most of my friends were already graduated, mm-hmm. you know, so they had all the free time in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, don't get me wrong. Did I have my fun? Yeah, when there was a time for it. Like, let's say I'm getting done with the show. Typically, when I got done with shows, it was around the holidays because I would always try to set it up to match my schedule. There's no way I'm going to be on peak week on finals week. Yeah, you know yeah that would be terrible. Yeah. Holy crap. That'd be awful. You just feel like shit probably. And you have to study your ass off, so it's just even worse, man. I couldn't imagine. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, Shoot, this this one last prep that I did getting ready for Miami. Miami was back in November. This was uh, 
what, the week of Thanksgiving? Yeah. And by the way, I'll try to have photos of you if you want to send me them from uh, you in Miami, and I'll put them on the side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course, of course. Uh, but they were, uh, Miami's was the week of Thanksgiving, which means if you're in school, you know you're probably getting ready for finals. Mm-hmm. Dude, I told my professors, I was like, hey, I need at least two weeks to myself. I'm, I'm not going to be coming to class. Just send me my work, and I'll do it online or whatever. Really? Uh, yeah, ended up having to take uh, some of the finals after uh, after Thanksgiving break, as soon as everyone comes back. Mm-hmm. You know? And they didn't have a problem with you, like, rescheduling all your stuff and doing your stuff online and all that? Oh, uh, at that point, it was my senior year. Most of the professors I already knew. Mm-hmm. I mean, they knew what my schedule was like. They knew I was a competitor and stuff. So mm-hmm. as long as I was uh, going to class every day, doing my homework and stuff like I was supposed to, mm-hmm. I mean, they understood. They, they're willing to work with you. Yeah, I got you. I got you. Especially when you get to those, like, 400-level, 300-level classes and you just, like, it's a smaller class, not like a, one of those giant lecture halls like Bio 101 or, like, Chem yeah. or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So why don't you go – so – obviously everyone has like their own background as to how they got into training. And I'll ask you specifically later how you got specifically into bodybuilding, but I want to ask you how specifically did you start getting into training in general, like sports in high school or your own story? Uh, why don't you go ahead and explain. Like when I first started like lifting weights and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Like when it, like what kind of like gave you that initial motivation and like when, what age was that you think? Okay. So I grew up in a single parent household. My mom mostly took care of me and stuff like that. So you can imagine I kind of didn't gravitate to team sports as much as any other kid would. So my mom had me in boxing and stuff like that. Um, I used to be a boxer. I did mixed martial arts and stuff like that. Uh, I actually wanted to be like a competitive mixed martial arts and stuff like that. MMA type thing? hmm? MMA type thing? Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yes, sir. I did boxing and I did mixed martial arts. And then going towards high school, I think my junior year, I did wrestling. Uh, my freshman year is when I first started lifting weights. And that's when martial arts got thrown out the window. Really? So I'm five, yeah. So I'm five foot 11, right? Mm-hmm. Like any other freshman high school kid, I say, oh, you know, I want to play football. Yeah. Right? Every everyone freshman year, they're like, no, I'm gonna play football next year if I didn't play it this year. Yeah, 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 I know what you mean. Exactly. I'm five foot eleven. I was a hundred and thirty something pounds. Mm-hmm. You can imagine how small that is. I was built like an extension cord. Yeah, and five eleven freshman year. And how much do you weigh now? Right now I'm two thirty. Two thirty. God damn. Yeah. Man. All right, keep going. Yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway, going along with that. Uh, I wanted to be on the football team, but the coach told me I was too small. But they invited me to go out to the whole summer weight training regiment that they did. Mm-hmm. So, of course, that's what I did for the three months of that summer. Now, because of the fact, you know, you're doing boxing and mixed martial arts, anyone will tell you that you're doing a lot of cardio, so you're not going to put on any weight. So that was pretty much the reason why. You were struggling I, putting on weight? Yeah, I, that was pretty much the reason why I was so skinny. Couldn't put on weight for nobody's business. If you talk to my family, I was eating McDonald's every single day. Every so single day. not to gain weight. <laughs> yeah, exactly, man. <laughs> so uh, those three months that I had that summer, I kid you not, I went from 130, 135 to about 170 to 180. Damn. 
And that was because, like, as soon as I started weight training, I was eating like nobody's business. Um, mm-hmm. Stuffing down steak sandwiches before practice, eating steak sandwiches after. Don't get me wrong, my dad was trash. No one knew about dieting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That young. So, uh, I mean, that was when the my whole mindset changed. I was like, you know, I don't really don't even like football anymore. I just like weightlifting. I just like training. And then, of course, you know, you go on YouTube, you watch CT Fletcher and all them, and you go, oh, well, I want to be a bodybuilder, mm-hmm. you know. But, uh, I mean, at that point, you're 14 years old. You don't want to be that one kid in high school be like, I want to be a bodybuilder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the age of 14 when everyone else is playing football and a whole bunch of other sports. Mm-hmm. And then I guess that. that's like the – popular sports i guess you yeah know I mean? that, like all oh, the cheerleaders are gonna like invite the football players all this stuff like it's social social stigma basically so exactly mm-hmm. so other than that um ever since then i've been stuck with it really mm-hmm. i just always love being in the gym in the weight room and all that mm-hmm. i got you i got you and i honestly really resonate with um your story but i took like a slightly different path so um i started training for wrestling freshman year i never i'd never wrestled before <laughs> my freshman year of high school. And when I got introduced to weight training, I too was just like immediately hooked. Like I could not stop, but I did wrestle throughout high school. Um, but mm-hmm. even, hmm? no, I'm, glad I'm listening. Okay. Sorry. And even, yeah. even, um, through uh, like in the off season and stuff like that, like I would just be training all the time. Cause I just couldn't stop, man. I was like, yeah. I don't want, I don't want to feel like how I did before I didn't work out. Like, it's just like, it's just addicting. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 So it's just like, it's, it's a crazy thing, man. And so what specifically kind of drew you to start bodybuilding specifically? Like, you know, cause there's powerlifting, uh, there's a bunch of different sports with weight training. So, um, why don't you go ahead and explain why you specifically chose bodybuilding as your sport that you're doing right now? Well, okay. Uh, first of all, I, I gotta ask, where are you from? I'm from New York. Uh, right now I'm in, I'm in Long Island. Long Island? Okay. <laughs> So I live in Georgia. The place where I'm from in Georgia is called uh, Augusta, small city. Um, the gym that I, when I first got into weightlifting, uh, I was just weightlifting with football players, just like I said, but didn't have a gym membership. Didn't get one until my junior year, senior year of high school, I think. And at that point, I was already watching YouTube videos of C.T. Fletcher, Rich Piano. Rich Piano was my favorite dude to watch on YouTube. Rest in that's peace. Of- Rest in peace, legend. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's part of the reason why my arms are ridiculous now. Mm-hmm. Okay. If anyone knows, then you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, I didn't get a gym membership to my senior year. At that point, I kind of ran into an old friend of mine who <laughs> you go into a gym doing the same stuff. You're going to see, you're going to have people that are going to notice that. And they'll be like, hey, you know what? Let me show you some other stuff. Mm-hmm. The guy apparently was a personal trainer, and he ended up becoming one of my first bodybuilding coaches. Uh, he started, I actually met him back when I was 12, by the way, but that's beside the point. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, he was kind of like, oh, you know, you got a future in bodybuilding. Why don't you pursue it? Like anybody else, I threw it off saying, oh, you know, I'm not ready for it. I don't have enough size for it. So I didn't actually compete until my freshman year in college. Freshman year in college, I get a gym membership down here. Uh, ran into some of the big guys you see me working out with. They were the first guys I ever really met in the gym. 
and my gym was hosting their own bodybuilding competition. Oh, uh, okay. So that's kind of what kind of uh, initiated that little bodybuilding exactly. thing. Exactly. So my friends, they were like, oh, you know, John, man, you should do it. Uh, be a friendly competition to see who will be better. Well, did, like I said, didn't know anything about diving. So I was like, yeah, okay. I'm going to get ready for it. Within the first three weeks of prep, all of them, all five of them dropped out of the show. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know anything about dieting, so I'm literally eating, like, sesame chicken and broccoli. Yeah. And, like, as a meal and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Until my old coach, the very first coach I had, found out about it. He was like, oh, no, 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 no. That's not how you do it. And he basically uh, helped me prep for my first show. Mm -hmm. And yeah. what was your what was your modified eating routine like? Is it similar to what you eat now, or uh, like can you describe it a little bit? What you were eating during that first bodybuilding show? The foods were the same, except uh, shoot, I actually had to end up getting ready for the show in five weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, of course, you know, you got to kick things in overdrive, and I'm basically eating what same stuff I mean now, just less of it. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Of course, you know, once that whole diet switch, when I didn't know what I was doing to actually go into a structured meal plan, I was like, well, damn, this, this kind of sucks. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's terrible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, because, like, my first thought was when uh, I was eating, what, uh, egg whites and grits, and I made the mistake of putting cheese on it, and my coach messaged me. He was like, why are you putting cheese in your grits? <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? Like, it's, it's a fucking thing. We put cheese in the grits. He was like, no, nah, man, you a bodybuilder now. You can't have nothing. I was like, well, what can I have? He was like, don't even worry about it. <laughs> don't so, even worry about it. Yeah, he was like, don't even worry about it. I was like, all right, fine. And I was like, well, hold up. You're good. I'm sorry about that. I had a call. But I was like, well, damn. Y'all bodybuilders do this for fun? You know, but, I mean, of course, you know, uh, you go to the show and you find, end up winning it. And you hear everybody else talking about how you have so much potential. I mean, you're going to want to keep doing it again, especially after your first show that you win. Mm -hmm. I got you. I got you. And just to bring perspective to people that might not understand what you were saying about the cheese, like simple things like cheese and like ranch and uh, basically just like regular toppings that people – the normal person wouldn't think of like impacting your diet, but really that stuff can add like 300, 400, 500 calories sometimes, depending on what it is. So yeah, um, yeah that's just crazy. So when you were doing your first bodybuilding show, were you, because the, I guess the phrases bulking and cutting are extremely popular and something that I even use a lot. And I'm just wondering, did you go through a bulking and cutting then? And do you do bulking and cutting now? At that point, getting ready for my first show, no, I didn't. I didn't like. I didn't know anything about the whole process of bodybuilding. I just kind of threw myself into it. I was like, I'm, I'm just going to do this show. I have no idea what I'm doing. Then five weeks out, my coach was like, All right, I'm going to take you under your wing now because what you're doing before was just nonsense. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I mean, I didn't know about the whole process of having a structured diet, of putting on size, of you know, the process of cutting. Uh, I was kind of just having fun with it at the time. Mm -hmm. Do I do the whole bulking and cutting season now? Yes, I'm currently in the off season right now. Actually, the very first one, actually, like a uh, first official off season. 
first official offseason. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've never, I've never really had quote unquote an off season, mm-hmm. uh, off season, because I've been hopping from shelf to shelf. Mm-hmm. I got you. I got you. So, how beneficial do you think it's been for you, someone that's like bodybuilding? Um, how beneficial has it been for you, for your training, for your body? Do you think to have that off season, and obviously for your future competitive season? So. A lot of people think of off-season thinking, oh, you know, I can just eat dirty, bulking foods and stuff like that. Have I done that before? Yes. Did it benefit me? Not as much as I can say now. Uh, this is the very first structured off-season now where I'm still kind of keeping my – I'm still keeping my foods clean, but I'm being more lenient. It's not just me going out and eating pizza and burgers whenever I feel like it, unfortunately. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, but I see that you do have a cheat meal every now and then, but like that's, you know, like once a week or something like that. It's in moderation. Moderation. Mm-hmm. Moderation. Yeah. So mm-hmm. sometimes it can be one to two times a week. Uh, but as far as like, as it's going to benefit me now, I definitely think the off season can be beneficial to anybody, any competitor, really, especially if you treat it the right way. Like don't use the off season to get sloppy with what you're doing because I can tell you from an experience, when you go from just eating nothing but junk, like just pure junk or one meal a day or something like that, and then you're hopping back into a prep where sometimes you might have to eat six meals a day and it's all clean, you're going to be missing them pizza and burgers a hell of a lot quicker than you would keeping your foods clean, you know what I mean? (laughs) And it's going to be a whole lot harder for you to get in shape and keep that muscle as you die down. but other than that, I think when it comes to an off-season, if you're going to do it, do it right. Keep it structured. Keep the, try to keep most of the food clean. I'm not saying you got to eat fish and asparagus for every single meal. But try to, try to have some leniency with it, you know what I mean? Just don't go sloppy, complete mm-hmm. sloppiness, mm-hmm. you know. Because when it comes down for you to prep again, you will be missing that food two weeks into your diet and it's going to suck. Mm-hmm. So, and yeah. even when you're in season uh, for your bodybuilding competitions, do you have at least one cheat meal a week or you just don't cheat whatsoever? I'm just, uh, I'm just curious about how you go about your prep. So the coach that I work with is Omar Ventura. Mm-hmm. Uh, have I done preps with cheat meals? Yes. It usually goes to be once every seven days, depending on how I look. Uh, I've done some preps where I don't have cheat meals. It's just fine. Uh, Omar will say, uh, you really don't need cheat meals, but sometimes you might need it just to reset your mind, just to keep you sane or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I have done preps without cheat meals just to see how I would like it. It's really no difference to me. Mm-hmm. I got you. I got you. And when you've been bulking, I can, like I, just from your Instagram videos, I'll probably show a few like on the side. Um, you are an extremely strong guy. And has your strength – been benefiting a lot from this bulk from this previous or from this bulking season that you're in right now of course of mm-hmm. course this is the strongest i had ever really been mm-hmm. um i can honestly say the physique that i had prior like leading up the progression that i've had i've never really been like a heavy lifter i never really trained heavy most of the time because i'm usually training by myself i don't have anyone to you know 
spot me or push me or whatever. And I'm not the type of guy to go up to people like, hey, can you spot me and all that? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I really don't – I before I really didn't even train heavy. Now I do. Um, but one, it's just me trying different things, really. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I got you. I got you. Can you can you give me some numbers that you've uh, that you, maybe some recent PRs that you've hit? Because I just think like super impressive numbers lately. Okay, so oh god, um, I mean right now I can well back in December I squatted five ten, mm-hmm. um, bench press four fifteen. Damn, dude. <laughs> That's on that's on flat. I mean, that's on flat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, what else? Your row, your barbell row is pretty impressive. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I wouldn't even think about that. Yeah, yeah no, you're yeah. Good. I mean, I can, right now I can row 315 for reps. Right now, I've had I have rowed 405 for about six, mm-hmm. but there's no point in me going that heavy. Yeah, I was yeah, just yeah. having fun that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than that, I mean, that's really it. You know, I'm not as strong as most of my peers or whatever, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I really didn't consider it much. Mm-hmm. And you say you're not as strong as your peers. So that's – I feel like that's how important it is to be surrounding yourself with the right group of people that are, like, like-minded to similar goals that you have. And those people should be surpassed where you're at right now so you can keep motivating yourself to get there. What, what do you think about that? I think it's true. Mm-hmm. I think it's true. The people that I work out now probably have pushed me a whole lot more than I've ever gone within the last couple of years, really. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because years ago, if you would have told me, oh, okay, we're going to incline bench 315 for reps, I would have been like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have hit it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> me? Exactly. No, no. So it's definitely important to surround yourself with people who are like-minded as you. Uh, the guys that I train with, they don't, they're not men's physique guys. They're not men's physique guys. They're just straight up open bodybuilders and classic. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it benefits me because a lot of men's physique guys, one, they don't like training heavy. Most of them don't train legs. We'll get to that in a minute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Most of them don't train legs. You know, it's all about, you know, just trying to reach new heights. You know what I mean? If I want to be the best I can be, I feel like I really don't need to train like a men's physique guy. I need to go above and beyond. Mm-hmm. I got you. And how important do you – so you just explained uh, a few minutes ago your strength numbers currently. So how important is it to be getting stronger, not only for bodybuilding, but just for, like, in general? Like, how important is getting stronger to muscle mass, uh, cor- correlative to muscle mass? I mean, that's a good question. Because you talk to a lot of bodybuilders, including myself, mm-hmm. which I agree with, when it comes to getting stronger for muscle mass or whatever, if you're a bodybuilder, it really shouldn't even matter to you. Because when you get on stage, no one's going to ask you how much you've been pressed. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? No one's going to ask you how much you squat. But if you're really trying to improve your physique, then I feel like you do need to train heavy. Now, I'm not saying you need to go balls to the wall every session. Not like powerlifting. You're not a powerlifter, you know? But, like, being somewhat heavy, like, on movements. Exactly. So, I'm not saying you need to go balls to the wall every time, because that's usually what I did. Used to – what I used to do before is completely different from what I do now. Like, now I track numbers. I track my progress and stuff like that. 
up till last year, if I felt like, hey, you know what, I'm going to go heavy today. If I want to go boss or wall day, that's what I would do. That's not the most optimal thing you can do, really. If you really want to try and measure out your progress, I definitely say you want to track your numbers. You want to track your progress. You need to practice on execution of every lift that you do. Because a lot of guys, when they go heavy, they just throw execution out the window. So when you go to bench 315 or 405 or whatever it is, you're not even going to feel it in your chest to begin with if you're trying to improve your chest. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But that's just a lot of – that's just the mindset that a lot of guys have. And that's something that my mindset has shifted away from, really. Mm-hmm. I got you. I got you. And is there any certain rep scheme that has benefited you a lot? Like, is there, like, maybe, like, a four-by-six? Five-by-five is huge for strength training specifically, but obviously you're a bodybuilder. So what has been, like, an optimal rep range for you for, like, compound lifts? And what has been optimal for, uh, like, accessory lifts, like cable rows, uh, bicep curls, and all that stuff? And we'll get into arm training in in a few seconds, in a few minutes. Yeah, yeah. So when – Excuse me. When it comes to compound lifts, I definitely say the six to eight rep range. Uh, more so me practicing sets with heavy weight. Because a lot of guys, they'll just go up to a top set. Me, with what I'm doing now, my program reflects of me trying to stick with the heavy weight, but I'm trying to do it for sets. So I might have 275 on the incline for anywhere from three sets of eight to ten. And last week I had, what, 315 on flat bench press for four rounds of six to eight. You know what I mean? So I'm, that's what my training reflects now. Uh, now, when it comes to accessory lifts, like arms or whatever, I can definitely tell you high rep ranges, anywhere from 15 to 20. That's, part, that's honestly how I got my arms the way how they are now. Um, but yeah, that's it really. I got you. And for arm training, so you say high reps, 15 to 20 reps. Um, what are some key exercises that you found throughout the years that's really helped your arm development? Because obviously you're known for your arms, AKA arm king, uh, goes with the intro. So why don't you go ahead and explain, um, like what exercises have really benefited you, you think, whether it's bicep, tricep exercises or whatever you think. It's kind of hard to say, because I would say all of them. Mm-hmm. But sticking with the basics. So for me, if I had to give you my top three bicep exercises, I'm sorry I'm looking away. I'm thinking about it right now. No, you're good. You're but, good. Yeah, I haven't. Yeah. So for me, I would definitely say a barbell curl, straight arm barbell curl. Let's go with incline, incline curls, incline dumbbell curl. I mean. And preach curls, definitely preach curls. For triceps, it would be tricep rope extensions. Um, golly, there's so many. Oh, yeah, tricep body weight dips, bench dips, and skull crushers. But the biggest thing, what I was going to say about arm training, is that you need to focus on your form. You always see in any gym, anywhere you will always go in there and see somebody i don't even know how you mess up a bicep curl but they have they mess it up in. they do mess it up yeah <laughs> yeah they they have rep in they're using their lower back to get the weight up just and then you got the guys that be doing this and stuff yeah. like that they're looking ridiculous 
No, like straighten your arm out, come all the way up, and that's it. Focus on tempo, execution, and really and truly just form is the biggest thing with these guys. And that comes from bicep and tricep. When you see somebody doing tricep rope extensions, they're half repping. They're not going all the way down. You know what I mean? But, I mean, that's it, really. Because you're not really getting the best of the movement. Mm-hmm. You know? You're not getting you get, the bang for your buck, yeah. Yeah, and once you get the once you get the movement down, then you can start adding in tempo reps. Oh, okay, I'm going to do a five-second hold. Or I'm going to do pause reps on a preacher curve and hold it for five seconds. Take it to failure, do drop sets and all that other stuff. But a lot of people, they just don't even get step one. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But that's it. I got you. And that's – yeah, that's really – that's a lot of good advice right there, man. And how many yeah. times a week would you say you – maybe someone that's, like, lacking arms, and then how many times a week do you personally train arms? Well, now I don't – I haven't trained arms in – since October. Like, you haven't had a straight arm, straight arm day since October? Well, actually, no, I take that back. If you're talking about a straight-up arm day, then that would be February. <laughs> wow. Uh, okay. Well, it's still – that's still like a – so yeah. it's not too often that you do a straight arm day is what you're saying. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And – but how about before um, before February and before the whole coronavirus is even a thing, um, how much were you training arms to get to – to get your arms where they are right now? So, Okay. Me having the arms that I have now is a result of me when I was younger. When I first, before the whole gym, before even having a gym membership, before even having a gym, I had 15-pound dumbbells. All I did was Rich Piano's workouts doing – Eight-hour arm workouts. Yeah, yeah, the feeders. <laughs> I would be doing – I think he was, what, what was it, 40 hammer curls, and then you lay on your back and do 60 skull yeah. crushes. You actually before. did the eight-hour arm workout? It will no, no, God, no, okay. no, 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 no. But I was doing stuff like the feeders because I didn't have a gym membership to do the eight-hour workout, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it, it was stuff like that. And then when I uh, when I first started bodybuilding, did I have a real arm day? Yeah. Uh, I, think, uh, I think it wasn't until I got with Omar. He was like, yeah, you need to – you need to stop training arms completely. Like, don't even, don't even worry about it mm-hmm. or whatever. The only time when I would train arms now or recently, like last year, was when it was peak. We were getting ready for a show, and I was just trying to burn extra calories. But it would only be one exercise, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Be like one exercise for bicep, and then that will be it, really. Wait, so you – so let's say you have like a pull day or something like that or uh, a back day. You don't throw any bicep in there? It's just strictly back? Strictly back. So you literally just don't even touch on your arms? No. Wow. That's incredible, man. So what what advice would you give to someone if they do have – let's say they do have a gym membership. um, What advice would you give them if they're having trouble growing their arms? I mean, treat it like any muscle. If you have a lagging body part, a lot of people say overtraining, but – any of your friends in exercise science can tell you overtraining really doesn't exist if you're getting the proper nutrients in, if you're getting the proper rest in. Like, don't if, – if you have a lagging body part, I would say train it up to two to three times a week. 
Uh, and let's say you couldn't even do that. Well, let's just go with, oh, you know, it's a full day. Let me go with two exercises for bicep and I'm done. You don't have to have a full bicep workout doing five or six exercises. You know what I mean? Just simple stuff like that. Now, if you want to do, like, you know, just make sure you have, I'm, I'm choking over myself. If you have, like, two rest days in between it, don't train the muscle, like, while it's sore. You know what I mean? You just want to give it proper rest. You need to make sure your nutrition is properly, because if you don't eat, you don't grow. Uh, other than that, that's it, really. That's all I can say. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? The biggest thing that I see with people nowadays is that it's their nutrition and it's the rest. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. They can train balls to the wall every single day in the gym, but you see them months later, they haven't made any progress. And you ask them how they're eating. Oh, I'm only eating two meals a day. How much rest have you been getting? About two hours a night. You know what I mean? Certainly, you got to make sure everything is in order before you can say, oh, I can't grow. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. But that's it. I completely agree with that because I've had plenty of people that are like, yo, man, like I eat. I eat all the time, man. And then you hang out with them and then you're like, like that's eating to you? Like, yeah. You that, yeah. Like you, you obviously, you probably consume way more calories than me, but I'm just like, some people are like, oh, I'm having trouble gaining size. And I'm like, well, it's because uh, every time I see you, you drink a glass of water and that's it. And that's why yeah. you're like, oh, man. So, exactly. yeah. Uh, and by the way, what a, what advice would you give to someone that's having actually having trouble gaining weight? Because you coming from a skinny from a skinnier guy perspective, what what could you best give uh, best advice could you give someone to try to start gaining lean muscle mass? Nutrition and weight, mm -hmm. those are two biggest. I mean, no, I said nutrition and weight. Nutrition and rest. My bad. <laughs> yeah, you're good. You're good. Yeah, nutrition and rest. Those are the two big things that I would worry about. Um. So really and truly, when it comes to that, I would ask the guy, for one, just log everything you eat. That will be their first starting point. Find out how many calories you just, you just consume for that day. Matter of fact, do it for a whole week. Find out how many calories you consume on the daily. Okay, fine. Then I want you to add another 500 calories to that. You know, just small little increments like that just to get you to where you are. If you don't see a weight change, just – Make little small adjustments. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah. And then rest comes into rest comes into it. If you're not getting at least six to eight hours of sleep, that's you're not you're not resting properly and you're not getting enough rest or whatever. I would definitely say rest and nutrition. Mm -hmm. Those are the most important aspects you think to grow specifically, you think, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. And I've always found like, if people out there are having trouble gaining weight, I always found that it was easier for me. And I do this for a lot of my clients as well. I just, sometimes it's as simple as having two scoops of peanut butter before you go to bed yeah. or um, yeah. even adding olive oil to help some healthy fats like into your meals. Um, because that's all like an extra 100 calories. And it's a very small amount of food to be consuming. So yeah. like, is there any key foods that you think have been, have helped you gain like lean weight you think, or, um, steak, steak, <laughs> steak. definitely steak. Uh, you definitely want to focus on, and when it comes to bulking, you really don't, a lot of people worry about, Oh, I got to get, I got to up my protein. I got to up my protein. Not necessarily. 
you more so want to play around with your carbs and your fats. That's usually, and I don't mean to give out dieting advice or anything like that, mm -hmm. but that usually what works for most people. You know what I mean? So I would definitely say like steak, salmon, carbs. You probably want to go. I mean, you can play around with carbs if you both. Mm -hmm. You don't need to keep it clean 100 percent of the time. Uh, rice, sweet potatoes, or fats. I can't stand avocado, but if it works for you, go for it. <laughs> uh, peanut butter, olive oil, macadamia oil, small stuff like that. This is like you said, really. Mm -hmm. I got you. I got you. And I wanted to cover just a few more things. Um, so how do you feel about when people come up to you and they're like, oh, I don't know if this ever happened to you, but it's happened to me a couple of times. And actually it's happened to my last podcast guest as well. He was like, well, people will come up to me and they're like, you know, it's just genetics. It's mm -hmm. just genetics. Has anyone ever come up to you and said that? Plenty of times. Mm -hmm. Plenty of times. And what's like, even though you want to give them a full explanation, here's your chance to give them a full explanation. What do you think that like, people need to know before they can just come up to you and tell you, oh, you were naturally born with this gift. Yeah. I mean, you know, I can honestly say I never really, I never really thought about it. Mm -hmm. But someone comes up and you say, oh, you know, you look that way just because of genetics or whatever. Well, I'll be like, hey, look at my family. No one in my family works out and no one has ever, you know, looked like me before. You know what I mean? Uh, I just take it as a compliment. Do I get annoyed with it sometimes? Yeah, because like anybody on Instagram, you get it all the time, man. Like just people, yeah, like, genetics, genetics. Yeah, I mean you don't. But at the same time, people will say that to you, but they don't see the hard work that you put in and stuff like that. They don't see that you do what you do on a consistent basis. They only go off of a picture that they see you post or just seeing you in person for the first time you know what I mean mm -hmm. you know so when it comes to that my first initial thought is one yeah maybe they're probably right two they don't know any better you know what I mean because half the time the people giving me these compliments they don't know me mm -hmm. they never ask me a question or anything like that never they clearly might not be fully educated on training in general if they're coming up to you and just being like hey it is all genetics you know exactly yeah, so, I mean, half the time, that's usually what my thought process is when someone gives me a compliment or a criticism or anything, really. They just don't know any better, you know what I mean? But, yeah, mm -hmm. that's really it. Mm -hmm. I got you, I got you. I just, want to clear, I just wanted to ask you that because I just know a bunch of bodybuilders, I'm sure, get that question all the time. And even yeah. – I'm not, I'm not a bodybuilder, obviously, but I have get, been told that several times, and I'm just like, you don't know – the amount of work I've been putting in, man. Like, it's just like, it's messed up. Um, so I wanted to ask you, and I think this is going to be one of my closing questions. So when do you plan on competing again? And do you plan on getting your pro card at some point? Well, do I plan on competing again? Of course. I got no choice, really. Uh, you want a pro card, you got to go for it, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I was actually on prep for junior nationals earlier this year. Uh, I think I was maybe eight to ten weeks in. I think it was, what, maybe February? The show wasn't until June 20th, so it really just passed. Mm -hmm. 
But uh, they canceled the show back in February. So I was like, oh, well, okay. And I can honestly say, looking back at it now, due to this whole coronavirus thing, it kind of, and me, myself included, it kind of forced a lot of competitors to sit down and be like, okay, are you actually ready to compete again? Mm -hmm. Have you made any improvements whatsoever before you get back on stage again? So it kind of had me sit down and realize, okay, I haven't really improved my physique. I'm just basically rushing up there hoping I'll get it. Um, and not to mention, I was still in school at the time. This was my senior year, so I had a lot of other stuff to focus on. Graduation, you know the whole idea. Mm -hmm. uh, do I plan on going for my pro card again? Yes. Can I tell you when? I don't necessarily know yet due to the whole coronavirus thing. Uh, me and my coach, we were thinking about the universe, uh, especially if he likes the way I'm looking throughout this whole offseason, which he has. Uh, I'm thinking about universe, universe in November in New Jersey, so I'll be up there. Mm -hmm. Other than that, I can't really say much about what next show I'm going to do because nothing really and truly guaranteed right now. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah. But you're saying that you've definitely taken this – you've taken advantage of the opportunity that coronavirus is kind of giving you to grow, get stronger, and just have a yeah. very productive offseason so you're going to have – so you're really ready for your next show. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, when you, when you get ready for a show, anybody tells you when you're on prep, you're putting your body through a lot of stress. Last year, I did G National Chicago in June. Uh, came in second place. I stepped on stage. I went from 230 fat, mm -hmm. 230 to 196 on the stage that day. Uh, then, because of the fact I got, came in second place, second place is a whole lot worse than last, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You were right there. Like, just like, wow, you were, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I didn't cheat. So I didn't, I think I had like one cheat meal right after that. And then went went right back into prep for Miami later that year in November. Miami Nationals, where I ended up losing muscle going into it. I was peeled out of my mind, but I lost a couple pounds of muscle, unfortunately. So I ended up coming in sixth. So with the whole coronavirus, I was like, yeah, I'm not going to rush into another show. I got to let my body rest. I got to grow. I got some areas I need to improve on. I know what the judges want. Why not take advantage of it? You know, there are some competitors I know who are friends of mine, and I respect them a lot for it. They were already on prep for shows in December. So December leading into this year's February and March, when they're starting to cancel shows, they're still, like, dieting, like, as we speak, like, what is it, July now? Mm-hmm. Most of them have been dieting ever since last December because they still want a chance of going for their pro card. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But the thing is, nothing is guaranteed right now. So do I respect them for it? Yes, 100%. Because if it was me, I'd probably be doing the same thing. But for some of them, it's kind of like – it's kind of like how I said before. Like, do, you, do you really think you're ready to step on stage again? You know what I mean? Because in my opinion, every time you step on stage, if you're going for your pro card and you haven't gotten it yet, you should be trying to get better every single time. 
You know what I mean? You can't keep bringing the same look because you're going you're gonna to end up placing the same way. Margin improvements bring marginal results, man. Mm-hmm. So, of course, yeah, I was going to take advantage of this whole coronavirus. I had to let my body rest, focus on, put my focus on things that needed more attention to. But, man, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think what's crazy about bodybuilding is that every sport, there should be some sort of improvement every single time that you choose to challenge, like, that competition or whatever. But with right. bodybuilding, it's like, you physically see that that person has improved, whether it's, you know, small improvements. And obviously as you get uh, more experience in a bodybuilding improvements are harder to come by um, because just because you're, you know, your body's adapting and all that stuff. But um, I just think that's, what's crazy about the sport of bodybuilding. It's really like every other sport, but it's just yeah. like you are literally making changes to your body as opposed to making changes to your performance, um, your lifting numbers. Like you, you are making physical improvements every single time. So I think it's just, I think it's just uh, incredible that you can see the transformations. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think this goes back to one of your questions you had for me about uh, what do I think about going against enhanced athletes? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, in my opinion about that, I guess you could say it really doesn't matter to me. I really didn't think about it. There was – actually, no, there was a time period when I first got into the NPC. I'm like, oh, man, I'm going against the big guys. I got to bring it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, everyone got to work just as hard as the next guy. You know what I mean? Regardless of their enhanced or natural. Mm-hmm. But everyone has to show up like how they're supposed to today. Uh, you know what I mean? Everyone has to do their homework. Just because you're natural doesn't mean anything. Just because he's on gear doesn't mean anything. Y'all still got to die. Still got to do that damn cardio. Mm-hmm. I mean, the principles are the same for either one, really. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I, I, I really try not to think about that. You know what I mean? I try to try to focus on myself because at the end of the day, you can only control what you can control. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. And, again, that really applies to any sport. Like, you should be – I mean, I guess, I guess in a way maybe compare yourselves – compare yourself to others in a way that's going to make you more competitive, but don't yep. compare yourself so much where you lose your own side of uh, your own progress, I guess. Exactly. So yeah. to an extent, to an extent you can compare yourself to other people, but make sure you're really focusing on improving your yourself. And obviously with bodybuilding, make sure you're making those improvements that the judges want you to make. So uh, honestly, last question, what advice would you give to someone that's thinking about maybe getting into bodybuilding or like, thinking about getting into a bodybuilding show or um, just like what, what advice would you give them? And uh, what would you just say to them in general? My advice that I would give them is that you need to understand it's a lifestyle at the end of the day, because this is something you want to do. It's all love and good, but your whole decisions are going to be changed. You know what I mean? If you're a college kid like me, not gonna be able to go out every night, and if you do, you you, you might be able to, but you might not end up being as, you're not gonna be as good as you can. You're not gonna be as good as yeah. You can. You're not gonna be as good as you can. You know what I mean? It's a lifestyle. You gotta understand that. That's what a lot of guys my age really don't understand and stuff like that. 
You can't bring your bill to the club. I'm sorry. You just can't. Yeah. Especially <laughs> if it's a free experience. You know what I mean? But that's a lifestyle. You got to love it. You're going to face criticism like anything else. So you want us most try to get into it for the whole social media thing, for the whole social media club or whatever, and then get all upset when someone posts a negative comment or whatever. One, like anything else, you put something out there, you got to expect someone to like it and not to like it. When you step on stage, some judge might not like it to see. You got to be okay with that. You got to be open to criticism. Yeah, you got to be happy just to go back into the gym and try to improve, you know what I mean? It's all really, my biggest advice would be, one, it's a lifestyle, understand that. Two, you got to try to remain positive as much as you can. And three, probably most of all, don't get into it if you don't think you'll enjoy it. It's got to be something that, it's got to be something that you really enjoy because if you don't enjoy it, you're not going to go far. You know what I mean? It'll just be another, it'll just be another thing just to say that you did, but you really didn't get far with it just because, hey, I got burnt out. You know what I mean? But that's, you know, I guess you could say you could treat it like any other sport, really. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But you got to be dedicated because it's a lifestyle. Enjoy it. You got to try and remain positive. And definitely focus on your own self, because a lot uh, a lot of competitors that I see, they try to compare themselves to other competitors. You know what I mean? That doesn't matter until the day of. You know what I mean? And I'm guilty of this when I first started competing, because I would constantly look online, but oh, dude, uh, such and such is gonna be on stage right next to me. I swear to God, <laughs> you know what I mean? Stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, you gotta focus on yourself. You got to focus on yourself. This is a real big lifestyle change. Mm -hmm. It is. It is. And like, especially I can kind of, you can kind of compare it to almost, you can kind of compare it to high school wrestling almost because I remember when I first started wrestling and I had to cut weight, I was like, all right, this isn't just after school anymore. Like this is, this is my life now because now I can't eat certain foods. And it was really mostly like a few days before uh, like meats and stuff like that. But like, I felt so restricted. And I was just like, ah, oh, like, this, is, this isn't just, like, two hours after school, two hours of practice, uh, a few runs a week. This is, like, after I get out, this is my life because I have to be ready for uh, my meet come the weekend. So I'm sure it's, like, very, very same mindset going into a bodybuilding show with a more strict approach to your diet. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's 100% correct right there. 100%. I mean, I think we covered pretty much everything. And uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end the call, but you don't have to leave as soon as I finish it up. But, um, you know, I appreciate you hopping on here, man. I appreciate you giving all the knowledge that you give. And, uh, honestly, just keep the good content coming. And let me know when you compete next because I'll shout it out and let my, other, uh, let my followers know when you're uh, going to compete next. I appreciate that, man. It was good. Yep. All right. I'm glad, man. Nope. I'm going to –